Amen. And so, Lord, it's our turn to hear the word. Lord, as Rick shares it, he's going to be filled up. We're going to just see it coming out the top of his head. He's going to overflow. He, he's going to be so full, Paul's not going to know what to do with him. Well, Ben prayed so much peace, I just about fell asleep over there. <laughs> <laughs> Serious. Uh, it is cool, though, in Croatia. The uh, really interesting thing is, is they, the book that I wrote on strongholds, uh, they translated it into Croatian. And so that's what I'll be doing. I'll be teaching uh, stronghold conferences in the, the cities that I'm going to. So it's kind of cool. So anyway, it's kind of weird to see your name and the title of the book you uh, wrote. Ah, there it is. On, uh, in, in, a, in a foreign language. So it's kind of queer. Great. Anyway, um, this morning I have the privilege of talking about Jesus. Right? <laughs> but the heart of Jesus, Holy Spirit led. You know, one of the most amazing things about Christianity to me is God's heart to be involved with us in everyday life. Uh, in fact, it's not a set of beliefs. It's not a set of uh, religious duties. It's, a, it's God's heart to be Emmanuel, God with us. And, uh, and somehow religion clouds that out, and life clouds that out, that opportunity to walk with him intensity and and in, uh, every day. One of my favorite stories about this, there was a guy who, who was uh, dealing with uh, thoughts of suicide. He was really frustrated with life and the fruit, fruitlessness of life. And, and so he uh, was at the end of his rope, really. And he said, Lord, okay, uh, you know, they say you're real. And uh, so I'm just going to, tomorrow morning when I get up, I'm going to live life as if you're real. So you and I are going to just spend the day together. Okay, so anyway, you know, the guy's young, and uh, he's just, I don't advise doing these things, but <laughs> this is what he did. So anyway, so he gets up next morning and says, okay, Lord, what do you want to do today? He doesn't hear anything. So, you know, he's trying to carry a conversation with the Lord, and he's not hearing anything. And so, but he says, okay, God, I, you, know, I, you know, let's go hang out at the mall. So he goes to the mall. So then he gets to the mall and he says, all right, Lord, what do you want to do? He doesn't hear a thing. He's not hearing anything. Okay, I guess it's, it's kind of feeling like this is stupid. So anyway, so he goes in this, uh, this, this clothing store and he says, okay, Lord, I, I, I need a shirt. So, uh, you know, come on, come and help me out here, you know. You up for that? And he doesn't hear anything. So anyway, he starts looking at shirts and, and he, and, uh, you know, and he starts looking and he finds this shirt he really, really likes. And, uh, and, he, and he holds it up. And he says, God, you like this shirt? And all of a sudden, he hears the Lord speak. No, I don't like it. <laughs> and it kind of shocks him. You know? And he says, Lord, how can you say that I really like this shirt? And he goes, well, and all of a sudden, he hears the Lord say, there's a hole in the back of it. And so he's, all of a sudden, he gets afraid because now the proof of the reality of God is going to be right there. And so he gets scared. I mean, he really does because if he turns the shirt around, there's no hole, no God, you know, where does he go? Suicide. So he finally gets guts enough to turn it around, and sure enough, on the back of the shirt is a hole. And he goes, you are a real guy. You are. And, you know, that's the one, that is the so cool thing about Jesus. We talked about last week how our heart is to come into this place to take on the likeness of Jesus. Well, the biggest thing that I think we can take on in the likeness of Jesus is like he was spirit-led. In fact, think about this. Uh, uh, in fact, go to, go, to, go to the next slide, please. I like it. There you go. That is a Curtis, I, I tell you what. I love those two over there, the four, really. So anyway, this is what we looked at last week, how the growing into the likeness of Jesus in relationship to his heart, growing into the likeness of Jesus in relationship to his nature, and growing into the likeness of Jesus in the expressions of how Jesus lived life. Well, we're going to be talking about today a facet of his heart, and that's to be spirit-led. Go to the next slide, please. Now think about this, how immense this is. We're talking about Jesus. 
The second person of the Trinity. The one through whom all of creation comes into existence. But yet, like it says in this passage in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus, full of the Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. The second person of the Trinity surrendering his rights, his figuring out how to do things to the leading of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, to flow and operate. That is so cool to me. If Jesus, Son of God, creator of the universe, is good enough for him to be led by the Spirit, oh, dude, I'm not ought to be good enough for us. In fact, the thing that I found out for me, the most exciting life is the life that's Spirit-led. And I have to confess, especially as I was getting ready for this message, the frustration is that you start trying to live life thinking and believing that you can know how to do this thing. And you start taking things into your own hands. And there's two things that are really at stake here. One are the results, and two is the cost that it has on your life, physically or, or whatever else. But the opportunity to be led by the Spirit is this thing that is really what the Jesus life is all about. It's surrender, all the stuff about all the do's, the don'ts. I mean, those things are important. But the place and the opportunity to be led by the Spirit of the living God is what it's all about. In fact, there is a, there's a thing about living in the Spirit that correlates to being a son or daughter of God. Now, I want you to notice in this passage, it says, okay, Jesus is led by the Spirit. But then notice this delineation in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For it says, for all who are being led of the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, you've heard us teach before about how that literally when we're born, before we're born again, we have the heart and the nature of the devil. John 8, 44. Jesus says, you are of your father, the devil. That's the nature. You want them to do the desires of your father. That's the heart. But then when you're born again, immediately you take on the nature of the Son of God. Any man is in Christ, he's a what? New creation. Old things have passed away, new things have come. And suddenly you take on the nature of the Son of God. But the reality is most of us, as soon as we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we'll either have the heart of an orphan, you're on your own. Slave, oh, I want to serve you, God. I just got to do for you. Or a child, me. It's all about me. But what God's doing a work in us to transition us, to renew our minds into the place that we take on the heart of the Son of God. Those are the ones who are the sons of God. The ones who are and daughters of God. The ones who, who are living, being led by the Spirit. If we're not being led by the Spirit... We're either taking on orphan, slave, child, but God's calling us into the Son. There's a past scripture in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, that sees, if you, when you hear this in this context, and I don't have the slide for it, but I just really feel, feel compelled to, to, to just read it for you. Listen to this. But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you in order that you may be sons of God. In order that you may be sons. It sounds like if you're just thinking being sons of God is being saved, then you've got to love your enemies. If don't, you're going to hell. But that's not what it's saying. What it's reality is when you're able to love your enemies, love those who persecute you, that is a doorway into transformation, into taking on the heart of a son or a daughter of God. And so, so God is taking us into his place of birthing into us the heart of a son or daughter of God. And in that place is being learning to be led by his spirit. Now, the interesting thing is we're soulish beings living in a physical body, 
having a spirit which gives us the ability to connect into the spiritual realm, to connect into the matrix, for those who are movie buffs in the past, to connect into the matrix, into the spiritual realm. And our God is a spiritual being. And he's inviting a spiritual being to direct us to live in the physical that we would learn to see the physical through the eyes of the spirit. Because it talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, for the, it talks about the soulish man cannot discern the things of the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 3, 1, right after it talks about how the, the, the fleshly person or babe in Christ cannot um, handle the things of the Spirit. But it goes on to say that the spiritual man discerns all things. The spiritual woman discerns all things. And that's where we want to go into. And I, I pray today that I plant seeds into us the hope to dare to live life totally led by the Spirit of the living God. Boy, wouldn't that be a venture? Because I tell you what, it definitely won't be boring. <laughs> so anyway, and so also let me just, for y'all DP people, go to the next slide please. When I talk about led by the Spirit, I want you to notice here this past scripture in Galatians 5.16 and also 5.18. I say, walk by the Spirit and you will carry it, not carry out the desires of the flesh. And then two verses later, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under law. Walking in the Spirit, being led of the Spirit is the same thing. And we talk about it in DP, you know, especially if you've got to encounter something like that. Walking in the Spirit is literally living a life by the guidance and resources of the Holy Spirit. Living a life in the resource, guidance and the resources of the Holy Spirit. And whether it determines whether you walk in the Spirit or the flesh is, you know, like we have three chairs up here. The middle one is the soul chair. It's a swivel chair. Flat spirit, spirit chair, flesh. And those who walk according to the flesh, whoops, have set their minds on the things of the flesh. And those according to the Spirit, things of the Spirit. So I just want to throw that out real quick here. You know, when we're talking about being led of the Spirit, we're talking about walking in the Spirit. But, so anyway, let's go on to the next slide here. Because many times we think about led of the Spirit, it's this life of just uh, freeness. But what I want to ask you to think about, did we get the slide? Did we be able to get that picture? I want you to think about, what I want you to think about the, uh, the Spirit-led life I want you to think about it like I've got in the notes. A life of living in the bubble of light. There's a bubble. It's a Holy Ghost bubble. And that, notice the dude here. He's just sort of cruising down the road in a bubble. I don't know what he's got an umbrella for. Because if he's in an umbrella, he's only going to get by the, wet by rain. But think about living life in a bubble. The Spirit of God around you. In fact, go to the next slide. Thanks for getting that picture. Notice this, this, uh, notice this past scripture in John chapter 11 where Jesus is telling the disciples that Lazarus is sick. And he's telling them this because the problem is where Lazarus was living, the people wanted to kill him. And notice this. And he says, Jesus is telling them we need to go there. And literally later on he tells them we need to raise him from the dead. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews are just now seeking to stone you, and are, are you are going there again? And Jesus answered, and he's talking about being led of the Spirit. He says, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. When you and I walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In other words, you don't sin. There is no stumbling. And we'll talk about the significance of that. But this, this spirit-led life is living in a Holy Ghost bubble. The trick is stay in the bubble. That's the trick. In fact, think about this bubble around you. There's this passage in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 10. It's a spiritual warfare passage, and it talks about he who sticks his hand through a wall may be bit by a serpent. When you and I are not walking in the Spirit, we're susceptible 
to the schemes of the enemy, both to attack us, our soul, through the flesh or the lies of the world, or, or other situations and circumstances. But God is calling us to live in this Holy Ghost bubble. That is the Spirit-led life. Because the bubble's going to move. The Holy Ghost is going to move. He's calling us to walk in the Spirit. It's sort of like the children of Israel having to stick under the cloud. When the cloud moved, they moved. When the, you know? And that's how you and I are called to live life. Under the cloud, under the bubble of the Holy Spirit. And, and the Spirit-led life is two things. It's not just the life of just go, okay, I'm just going to wait and just find out what's going on. There's two things about Spirit-led life. One, the Spirit-led life is a life of preparation. Uh, in fact, go to the next slide, please. Notice this passage in Ephesians 6.15. You know, the girls were out. And they were so cool. They were so awesome. By the way, happy birthday, both of them, right? Addie's was Friday. And Kenzie's is, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Addie and Kenzie. Happy birthday to you. We love you. That is scary. I have recorded my first album. It's on singing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, they talked about this treasure hunt. You know the biggest thing about evangelism? Notice this past scripture in Ephesians 6, 6, 15, where it's talking about putting on the full armor of God. And notice what it says about the gospel. Notice, having shod your feet, not with the gospel of peace, but with the what? The preparation of the gospel of peace. That is the most powerful thing about sharing the gospel. Is to hear a word from the Lord before you even get to that place. And we'll talk a little more about it later. In fact, here's a challenge. When you have your quiet time in the morning... Dare to ask the Lord to tell you who you're going to run across. What person's going to be in a white coat with fur, fur? You know? And that's, that is the destiny. That is God's heart for the gospel. Because Jesus says the Son does nothing of himself except what he sees the Father doing. What he sees the Father doing, that he what? Does. For some reason, we think we got to go out there and do it. No! Anything not of faith is what? Faith comes by what? Hearing, hearing and hearing the word of Christ. That's, that's evangelism. Hearing what God's doing in some way, sure, we'll talk about it in a second, and responding accordingly. I love Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. It says, does he do miracles among you by, by the works of the law or hearing with faith? In other words, you hear... What God says. We heard the testimonies two weeks in a row with the guys hearing about a knee and the guy was healed. Isaiah at, the, at Tangent hearing about a woman, about a neck, somebody being healed of a neck. Right, Isaiah? Am I saying that right? And God hears, heals her neck. I talked to her the other day. She's still feeling healed. I mean, she's still here. I mean, I'm still, still excited about it. Hearing with faith. Being led of the Spirit and responding accordingly. What is the question? Are we hearing? Let seven times in the book of Revelations, let him who has what? Ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To live life, being led of the Spirit, is a life of preparation. You notice me some example. Prep, notice and go to the next slide. First thing is pre preparation of your heart. Notice this passage in 1 Peter 3.15. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you with gentleness and reverence. I don't know if y'all, y'all heard me say before that it has been said about me that 
that I, in my younger days, I would argue with a stump. In fact, I literally, I think I told you all this, that I would felt tempted at times put a sign on my front door, Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons welcome, just for the opportunity to argue, discuss scripture. Like that is spiritual. And, uh, but the interesting thing is, in those moments, and I think I told y'all that one time Paul and I, I was in a discussion with this guy about Scripture, and the it, discussion got so bad, Paul goes in the back of the house and cries. Because why? As we started discussing, we started pushing each other's buttons. You know, you get on the streets and start sharing the gospel with somebody, and they start saying something that really, Satan, in fact, Satan knows what will push your button. You know, and so if one of the things of preparation, being led of the Spirit, is being prepared and letting the Spirit of God do a work in your heart so that you're ready to speak the gospel with what? Gentleness and reverence, love. Go to the next one. Also, that you're prepared to hear what to say or do. Notice this uh, be diligent. One verse, I think, New American, I mean, uh, King James Version says, study. To present yourself approved of God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. You know, you know, you've heard, you know, the deal is you don't. The best way to find counterfeit bills is to to speak to somebody, uh, not to show them counterfeit money, but to show, but be familiar with the real stuff so that you can recognize the counterfeit. I remember one time there was some some people who I'd married, in fact, I think they were the first couple I ever married down in Big Stone Gap, and they moved to Christiansburg when we were doing campus ministry at Radford. And uh, so we married them. They moved here, and the brother of them back in Big Stone calls me and says, listen, they're getting ready to get, get uh, baptized into the Mormon church. Can you go see them? So sure. So on a, I think it was a, a Monday night, I go see them and visit them, and so I talk to them, and they're talking about you know, yeah, you know, you know how the, they were very precious people in the lure of the Mormon church, you know, this big family thing. And so, you know, I just started sharing Jesus with them, just, just the gospel of Jesus. And, you know, and they go, hey, well, listen, uh, we're supposed to get baptized in the Mormon church on Saturday, but the, the elders, Mormon elders are coming on Thursday night. Will you come over with us when they're there? I go, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, you know, so at first, you know, I start formulating, oh, let me get, you know, I got, you know, got the, got books on, you know, Kingdom of Cults. I can't remember, oh, what was the guy's name that wrote that book? Walter Martin, Walter Martin yeah, you know, and so I got him reading all about Mormon, and all of a sudden, I felt like I was getting slimed the more I would read about it. And I just saw the Spirit of God says, put it down. And so I've, then I'm reading in the Bible how it correlate to, you know, the things of Mormon belief. And I'll never forget, I get in the, the night that came to go, and I'm getting in the car, and God says, take nothing with you. Take nothing with you. Just go. And so I step into the situation with nothing, no, no ammunition, <laughs> not even my Bible. He told I said, don't even take your Bible in. And so I'm in there. And all of a sudden, this interactions start to occur. And I'm just sharing the love of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus Christ, grace and mercy. And it was so crazy, even the couple really started hearing the, the truth was hitting their hearts, and they started questioning the, the Mormon elders. And after about an hour or so, the Mormon elders looked and go, well, I guess there's no need for us to be here. And they got up and left. You know, but what am I saying in that? The preparation was just discovering the Word of God and me just knowing the truth of God's Word before you get into a situation. That's being Spirit-led. But now there is a facet of being Spirit-led in those moments that when you're there that God tells you what to speak. Notice this passage in Matthew chapter 10, verse 19. But when, you, when they hand you over, do not worry about what you are to say for it will be given you in that hour what you are to say. For it is not you who speak, it is the Spirit of your Father who is in you. So being Spirit-led is, is being prepared. You know, or, you know, whether it's study or, like Mitch and I were talking about last week, about finances. 
You know, we were talking about being prepared financially. That's spirit-led. You know, because I know some backgrounds, church backgrounds back in, back in Big Stone area, they won't study. They just wait till they get up to preach and then they get the huns. No, Jesus. And they, when they feel it, they hung. Yeah. And that's how they preach. They wait till the Spirit gives it to them. Well, that's sometimes true and sometimes not. Sometimes the Holy Ghost wants you to prepare yourself. And there's times, y'all, that I study 20, 30 hours for one period of time I was talking to you. And so, you know, so being spirit-led can be preparing. Spirit-led is walking in where moment by moment, dependency on what he's saying and doing. Okay. So living in the Spirit of God bubble. Now, what are the benefits of being led by the Spirit? And I just want to speak this in this to us an awesome of faith. Being led of the Spirit, first thing is, go to the next slide, please. Is and I think I messed up, but but anyway, I'll speak this one. Being led of the Spirit, y'all, is living in the fruit of the Spirit. What? Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faith, self-control. You know how I can tell when I'm walking in it? Don't, Bev, Paula, don't say a word. <laughs> how I can tell when I'm really walking in the Spirit in relationship to things that I'm doing, my office will be straight. <laughs> don't you say a word. <laughs> Y'all get in judgments quick. <laughs> now, seriously, because why? One of the facets of the fruit of spirit is what? Self-control. You know? You know, you think, you know, a lot of things you think, love, joy, peace, patience. Oh, that's good. So, you know. Self-control. What? You know, cleaning your room, self-control. That's the fruit of the spirit. You know, you know, and I'm sorry about that rabbit there. I'm condemning myself. <laughs> so, but, but the, just the opportunity. In fact, I want you to say this. I want, to think, I want you to think about this. Whenever you're dealing with a circumstances or situation, in fact, we'll talk about it a little later. Remember, you're in a Holy Ghost bubble. In the Holy Ghost bubble, what is present? The fruit of the Spirit. Whenever you start dealing with a situation and you step out of love, joy, peace, patience, you've left what? The fruit of the Spirit. I mean, you left the Holy Ghost bubble. You're no longer being led by the Spirit. The cloud's one place and you're in another. And I can tell some testimonies about that. It's crazy. You go to the next slide. Did I? Yeah, here it is. Being led of the Spirit puts you in an atmosphere of grace. In fact, think about this passage of Scripture. This is in the early church, and their whole thing was marked by moving in the Spirit. Notice this. With great power, the apostles were given testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and abundant grace was on them all. I love this deal about Stephen. Stephen, full of grace and power. You can see later on how he was, there was this correlation between him and the Holy Spirit. When you're led in the Spirit, you're in this Holy Ghost bubble, there's an atmosphere of grace. And what does grace do? Grace takes you to a level you cannot attain on your own. You're not in the bubble. Guess what you're left to do? Do it on your own. Instead of listening and responding to what the Holy Spirit's saying and doing, you know, you, you have to do it yourself. And like I said earlier, the, there's two major differences. One is the results, and two is the effect that it has on you. And so, uh, so anyway, it, it, being led of the Spirit is the fruit of the atmosphere, the fruit of the Spirit. The being led of the Spirit is an atmosphere of grace. Now, let me put a commercial on this. Sometimes you're in this atmosphere of grace, and you're being led of the Spirit, and, and you're so dumb about what's going on, you just someplace, you don't know how you got to, but you just know it's good and you want to stay there. 
Like for me, when I was in Big Stone the first time, y'all, there was such an atmosphere of grace on me, around me, that I could say boo and somebody get delivered of a demon. I'm exaggerating, but it was close to the truth. I mean, I could walk down the street and people would come up to me and ask me how to get saved. It was crazy. There was an atmosphere of grace. And being led of the Spirit, I was, I was not being led by the Spirit in like where, where I was responding. I was being carried by the, the river of the Spirit. But God being his a merciful and a gracious and a knowledgeable Heavenly Father knew that I couldn't live there. Because I wasn't learning how to live by the Spirit, be led by the Spirit. I was just knowing how to just carry by the waves of the Spirit. And guess what? When all of a sudden the wave, the river of the Spirit kind of slowed down to where it wasn't moving like the new river, like uh, where it does like in many places it flows. It's like all of a sudden it's like dead water. And you're having to paddle and you're wanting to go as fast as you were before, and you're paddling hard, and the more you're paddling hard, the tired you're getting. Because why? Being, be able to be led by the Spirit in the wilderness like Jesus did is crucial for the reality of the power of God to be loosed in our lives. I want to read you past scripture real quick. This is not in the notes, but this is a commercial. This is free. But I want you to listen to this progression. Jesus, full of the Spirit, returned to the Jordan. This is in 4.1, Luke 4.1. Led about by the Spirit in the wilderness. Okay? 4.14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. After he's in the wilderness being led by the Spirit, full of the Spirit, guess what? He learned to be led by the Spirit in the wilderness when things were tough, so tough that after it was over with, he had to be strengthened by angels. After he was proven that he could be led of the Spirit in the wilderness, he comes out of the wilderness in power. Because God many times will not release the power until you can, you can be found trustworthy to handle the power. You remember me telling the story about Daryl Roberts cursing that lady's dog? Well, that's what can happen when somebody's operating the power of God that's not faithful to handle the things of the power of God, being led of the Spirit in the wilderness when you don't know what's going on. And that's why God... Let the river slow down for me. When we started Dwelling Place, I was looking for the river to come like it was in times past, whether in Eagle's Nest or in, or in back in Big Stone. But God's going, no, it's going to be a slow-moving river where you learn to be led by the Spirit, not being carried by the Spirit. I don't know how I got off there. Let me real quick, let me just share these with you. Being led of the Spirit enables me to know what is to occur. Notice this passage in Acts 10, 19. Notice that where, while Peter was reflecting on the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. He's telling him ahead of time what's going to happen. Being led of the Spirit. I, one of my favorite stories is Daryl was overseas with Ray Jennings, and, and Daryl was supposed to preach. They were in an open-air stadium in Romania during, uh, I think it was Romania, or Ukraine. I think it was Romania during communist time. And they had this open-air meeting, thousands of people there. Daryl steps up to preach. Just usually, and Daryl would do was give a you know, 15, 20-minute message, and then they would uh, you know, then call for people to prayer. Daryl steps up to preach. As soon as he steps up to preach, Ray goes, give the invitation now. Daryl turns, What? Ray, Ray's the leader of the team. I mean, we call him the general. I mean, he was hardcore, dude. Day, dude, you know, in his ministry, people raised from the dead. But, I mean, he was hardcore. But he, he goes, Daryl, 
invitation now. Daryl goes, I hadn't preached. He goes, give the invitation now. So Daryl says, Ray's going, hurry, hurry, hurry. So Daryl starts off and gives it. He's giving it, you know, and he goes, he says, now pray for everybody. Pray for everybody. Now hurry, hurry. And then Daryl, and then Ray goes, shut it down. Dismiss the people. So we had thousands of people there. No sooner they get everything dismissed and people gone, all of a sudden the police raided the place. Ray, hearing the Spirit of God, knew being led of the Spirit, took action, or else it would have been mass chaos if the police would have come and raided the place in the middle of that, that big meeting. You'll find that in your own life, that the Spirit of God will tell you situations and circumstances before you get there. The, the key is listening. Notice it is. Being led of the Spirit enables me what to do or what not to do. Notice this passage in, Luke, in, in Acts chapter 16. It says, They passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. After they came to Mycenae, they were trying to go to Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. There's, the Holy Spirit will tell you when to speak, when not to speak. Listen to him. Or what to do, not to do. I remember one time I went out in Montana, elk hunting. What a really one of awesome experiences. And uh, we were hunting in the Mob Marshall Wilderness area, and it was 30 miles in on horseback in the, into the mountains. Oh, it was beautiful, beautiful thing. So anyway, there was this one big mountain pass that we went over that where it was snow-covered coming in, you know, we, we left, it was, there was no snow. We come over this pass, we come through the snow, come out. Well, there was this one place that didn't quite have snow on it when we went in. It was this place that you went around the edge of a cliff. And it didn't have a trail per se on it, but it was just enough for about this wide for the horses to walk. And I mean, it was like, shoo. And so we came in, you know, we didn't have any trouble coming in. We're coming out. And so... We're all single file going around this thing, and you're holding your breath because it's this time it's snow covered. And so, so two horses in front of me, and Bud, my brother, was in front, was in front of me, and then in front of him, a guy was guy was going around, and all of a sudden his horse slipped, the two outside legs slip, and so so he's you know he gets his foot out of the stirrup and he's leaning in. He saved his life and the horse's life. And he's leaning in, and the horse is, you know, pawing with his feet, trying to get in. Finally, the horse, thank the Lord, got, got his footing and goes, gets through. But y'all, I'm next. <laughs> and I, I'm going, okay, what do I do? <laughs> you know, and I mean, that horse pawed it up, too, you know. And, uh, and I said, you know, I thought, I really think it was the Spirit of God said this. This horse has been here a whole lot longer than you have. So I just turned loose of the reins. I did. I just turned loose. And the horse heads straight up the mountain. I just held on. The horse goes up the mountain, around, and down. I go, thank the Lord. How many times that we're in places that the Holy Spirit's going, go there. I'm riding my ho a horse another time, riding a horse up in the mountains, down around Big Stone Gap, on this real good old mountain horse, and I'm riding along, and I'm just, there's a trail right in front of me I'm trying to get to, and all of a sudden, the, you know, the horse stops. And I'm going, he's getting stubborn. I'm going, kicking him, come on, Rojo, come on. And, you know, I'm trying to get him to go, and he's not budging. And then I look up, and about from me to Ben, on this bush about this high, was this hornet's nest about like this. I'm going, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Horse led. <laughs> Spirit led. Holy Spirit can tell you what to do, what not to do. How about go to the next one? Spirit of God can tell you what to do when to minister. The girls were a picture of that. And I, I just encourage you to be aware of ministry situations. Just be around. I guess, that sounds religious. 
be aware of the people around you, realizing that you've got an answer within you for some of the situations that people may be dealing with. I remember one time I was doing at this, at this conference, and we had broken up into nice little prayer groups, and we were putting people in the middle of the circle and blessing over them, just nice and sweet. And we put this guy on the, on the chair, and we are going to, Bless him. I'm, I was kind of hanging around, just, just sort of being good, and good. and and so God gives me this word for him. So I speak this word to him, and as soon as I say the word to him, a spirit of bitterness hit him, and literally the guy is choking. He's going, and this guy's a real sophisticated business guy, and he's going, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah. Oh. He's going, ah, and I'm going, oh, no. Jesus. And I'm going, Holy Ghost, you better tell me what to do fast or this guy's going to suffocate right in front of me. The Spirit was literally choking him down. And the Spirit of God, like he does, he's cool. He tells me the word. And I just said, uh, you know, I, I said, pray this real quick in between it. I spoke peace and had him pray it just like that. I probably in all within two minutes, the guy manifest, speak the word, and he's totally set free. And I'll never forget, the guy gets up and he goes, oh, oh, man, that was real. <laughs> yeah, the Spirit of God telling you how to minister to people. Just be ready, though, because there ain't no telling what's going to happen. <laughs> but that's okay. If he told you how to get into it, he's going to tell you what? How to get out. And so it's just cool. Being led of the Spirit is an atmosphere of grace. Being led of the Spirit is, is where the fruit of the Spirit, in that bubble, in the, being led of the Spirit is telling us what to do, not to do. You know, when to respond, not to respond. How to minister to others. Being led of the Spirit. And, and I want to say this. Being led of the Spirit, y'all, he is a he. He's not an it. You realize this. The Spirit of the living God the one who created all creation is in you and I. And like it says in, Pro, in Psalms 32, God promises us, I will counsel you with my eye upon you. And y'all, the biggest, the biggest question about us in being led of the Spirit is being sensitive to what he's saying and doing. I want to I skip over a passage of Scripture, and it's one in, in Hebrews 5, 14, where it talks about the Word of God is for the mature, and we'll talk about it in a second, but who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good from evil. And this is what I really wish we could do. And I, in fact, I, I want to put this commercial in here. Why do we do church at Dwelling Place? Why do we have a main meeting? I have to tell you, we have fought the temptation intensely to become a church that's more palpable. How's that word? Burby, how do you say that word? Palatable? Palatable? Yes. Palatable. Palatable. <laughs> For people that may not be aware of our culture. I mean, really, to make things shorter, narrower, you have concise worship, everything's ordered, and, you know... And there's a lot of little churches in the area. That's their call. And God's given it on them to flow and operate that way. And they're seeing a lot of people saved and a lot of things like that. You know, in fact, uh, Daryl's church in Boone, they've really went that direction and really encouraged us to take that direction. And, and I, you know, we pray about it, y'all, and we go, no, God's not calling that us. You know one of the main reasons why we do service like we do? is that we have an opportunity, all of us in here, to have our senses trained to be led of the Spirit. Now, are we seeing as much as what we desire the Holy Spirit to happen? No. I believe he's wanting to do a whole lot more than our senses are able to bear. But that's okay. He's, he's cool. But my heart is that we, our heart, leadership's heart, is that we grow there. And so there's a thing that we're 
where, go to the next slide, please, that we want to be in this place to be led of the Spirit to hear what He's saying. Like, led by the Spirit by hearing the voice of God. Like in John 10, where my sheep follow me. Because why? They know my voice. Why are you going to follow the Lord? Why are you going to be led of the Lord? Because you know His voice. Y'all, the Holy Spirit is not a deaf mute. I came out of background that told you the only place that God would speak would be here. But he is inside of us. John 16, 13 says what he hears, he speaks. And he wants to talk a lot. And the question is, am I hearing him? Like this passage in, in, in Acts 8, the Spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. You know, if that Ethiopian eunuch had never gotten saved if Philip hadn't heard his voice. This girl and I got ministered to the other night if Ken's and Addie had not heard the yogurt aisle. It could be accused of Ken's that she was hungry and she was wanting to go get yogurt. But, but she was being discerning of the Spirit. Right, Ken's? <laughs> and so what you hear Go to the next slide. Seeing the leading of the Spirit. Now, this is passage in Acts 8.30. Now, listen to this. this it said, this is about Philip. Philip ran up, this is up to the Ethiopian eunuch, and heard him reading the Isaiah, the prophet. Why is that so significant? Because the Word of God says in Romans, Romans 2 and also in John Romans says, no one seeks after God, no, not one. In the book of John, it says that Jesus says, no one comes to the Son unless the Father draws him. So no one seeks after God on their own. No one. And so anytime you hear anyone seeking after God in any way, shape, or form, guess what? God's doing something. And the trick is to see what he's doing recognize the signpost of the Spirit of God. You know, you know, hang out with Isaiah. He's seeing numbers and this, that, and other thing. He's going, dude, that's God's telling me this, this, and this. And really, God's doing that to all of us all the time. He really is. The Spirit of God is orchestrating events. The key is to, to catch them. Watch this passage in, in Jeremiah. Go to the next slide, please. Jeremiah gets this word, behold, Anamiel, the son of Shalom, I think that's how he said it, your uncle is coming to you saying, buy for yourself a field which is at Anathoth. And then Anamiel, my uncle's son, came to me in the court of the guard according to the word of the Lord said to me, buy my field. Notice the line there at the end. It, said, it says, then I knew that, that this was the word of the Lord. In other words, he's hearing something. He's thinking, God says, by this field. He didn't know it was real until all of a sudden the guy came to him and asked him to buy his field. Then he goes, this is the word of the Lord. He's seeing and recognizing what God is doing. Ask God to show you things. Be led of the Spirit about what you're seeing and hearing. But also be led of the Spirit by what you're feeling. And then you'll hear people say, never trust your emotions. I do not believe that at all. I, my conviction is always trust your emotions. Just always ask two questions. What's being signaled? How do you respond? Because emotions are signaling some kind of event. What's being signaled? How do you respond? Notice this in, 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 in Acts chapter 8. I mean, I'm sorry, in Colossians 3.15. Notice it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Now, uh, y'all, there's certain ways that I do not feel qualified to preach on this part. <laughs> because uh, I can do is, when I see an obstacle, I, my stubbornness can many times press through and try to push something through. And I think in times that's cost me in more ways than one. And what God is doing in my latter years, and it's taken 60-some years for him to, to get through that. No, I've only been saved 40-some years. 40-some years, yeah. 
is to pay attention to the peace. Let the peace referee. Stay in the bubble. Stay in the bubble. I was talking with Tina uh, Mumail the other night. Is Tina here? Or she's with her, she's with her dad. You know, he's really sick, and I was talking to Tina, and Tina was talking about all the counsel she's been getting and how to respond with her dad and stuff like that. And I told Tina, I'd, in fact, I told her what I was going to preach this morning. Tina, just stay in the bubble. Don't get all bent out of shape. Just stay in the bubble where the love and the joy and the peace and the patience is. Stay right there. Don't get distracted. Whenever you feel like you're losing your peace, you done stepped out the Holy Ghost. You're not being led of the Spirit in that place. How many times in our interactions together, like Simona said, it's his fault, but, you know, he'll try to, try to argue something out and try to persuade each other, but I'm being full of peace now. <laughs> no. But, what, you know, the temptation is to try to press your point. Is that God? No. No, that's when we start being led of the Spirit. And so God is calling us in this place to be led by a Spirit, by what we're hearing, what we're feeling, what we're seeing. Having saturated ourselves, being sensitive to the things of the Spirit. You know, I wish we had time right now, but it's time to close shop. That I wish we could just go around the room and say, okay, what are you feeling? What are you seeing? What are you hearing, Leanne? <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> I know she's hearing how to take care of a baby, but. <laughs> or what are you hearing? Like we did a couple weeks ago. Training everybody to equip their ears to hear. And let me just say this, y'all. When we leave the sanctuary, it's not time to stop. It's really time to start. And how I, I was talking about the purpose of, the, of this service, My, our heart is this service would be like an orchestra that, now here's my ignorance, somebody help me here, but doesn't somebody in the orchestra place one instrument so everybody else can tune themselves to it? Am I saying that right or is that wrong? Oboe? Oboe? That's what you played, wasn't it? No, Ingrid. French horn. Oboe is what everybody would tune themselves to. And that's what our prayer is, is that this service would be an oboe. We go, tune in. Tune in so that when you go out there and you're dealing with situations and circumstances, you don't leave, lose the bubble. Now let's go to the last slide. And I'll, this is what I spoke earlier. But notice what it says here. You have become dull of what? Hearing. We could take the word hearing out and put senses in there. We become dull in our senses. Why? Because we've heard, we've felt, we've seen, and we have not responded. And you've heard me say before, if you give expression to an impression, you become more impressionable. If you do not give expression to an impression, your heart will become hardened. And so what I believe God is calling us to is to walk as the son of the living God. In the circumstances of our lives, we have this opportunity of the Spirit of God living in us to experience a life that is, that y'all, when we get together on Sunday, it ought to be. This is what we ought to believe God for. Can we believe God for this? That Sunday morning is a free-for-all of testimonies of all the Holy Ghost things that have occurred during the week. Agree? And all we had to do is just listen, feel, and see what he's doing. Don't try to do it. Just be sensitive to him. Amen? So, Lord... Your word says, let him who have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Lord, your word says that you become dull of hearing. Lord, we, uh, 
I just want to repent on behalf of leadership and dwelling plate for all of us, Lord, where we become dull of hearing, Lord, where we maybe get caught up with trying to do church, run an organization, but Lord, not being sensitive to your Holy Spirit to prepare in whatever way the resources are that you've provided us with. Or Lord, to respond instantaneously in the moment. Lord, we want to be sensitive to your Spirit. So God, forgive us. And I pray right now, Lord, that we would be kindled afresh into the fullness of of your spirit, the awesomeness of being led by the spirit of the living God to see all cool things that you're wanting to do. You're a supernatural God and you are walking with us and you're wanting to do supernatural things. You just want to do yourself. You just want to be yourself. And so God, we just want to partner with you and just take this ride of relationship with you as you express yourself to us and to those around us in our families, in our jobs, in our schools, wherever, God, that the excitement of walking with you and see you touch and change and affect lives. Lord, we want to be bold enough to believe you to let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Lord, let it not just be that we do outreaches on Thursday night, but Lord, let it be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, wherever we go. Lord, we're looking for what you're doing. And we're responding to what you're doing. Yeah, Jesus, you got something on Just, uh, I want the prayer team to come and um, really, really just, I think two things. One of the things that I just thought about, you know, Jesus being full of the Spirit and led of the Spirit. And I just encourage you this morning, um, this, the prayer team is going to be up here. We're going to uh, release you here in just a second. But I just encourage you, if you don't, if you need, uh, and just maybe can get some extra help this morning. I, I just felt like if you need prayer and relationship to just getting in the bubble that's that's one thing but also just being filled with the holy spirit lord sometimes that's just the reality of life that we need and so we have some guys that we're going to pray for guys and gals are going to pray for you so can you just stand and just want to pray and declare uh really just encourage you to come uh to activate um if you're led by the spirit and the lord and spirit of god speaking to you come up here then if you say no, that's you're not. That's a that's a that's a facet. Lord just wants us to say yes, and being in that place of being able to say yes, and I I'm guilty of that, man. I I, I think I hear more than I actually respond. Anybody else? I think I think we had to do. We hear a lot more than we respond. So I'm just gonna pray that that we would be in a place to respond, to not just. To not just have to get the, the those Thursday night and get all the things down, but Lord on the spot's going to give you things. And so, Lord, I just pray that right now in the name of Jesus, God, that we would be Holy Spirit led, Holy Spirit filled, and Holy Spirit respond. Because Lord, I know I need the strength to respond, Lord, when you tell me to go speak to that person, to or go to pray for that person, to or go encourage them. God, that's what I need. And so. Lord, I, but I also need to be filled with your Holy Spirit, too. So, Lord, I'm, we're just saying that's yes and amen to that. And so, Lord, we bless you. We ask for this week to be a, a week full and being, of letting, being led of the Spirit. Just practice being trained to discern. Lord, just our, have our senses trained. And so, Lord, we ask for that and bless you for that in Jesus' name. And I just want to emphasize that that. Being led of the Spirit may not be in relationship to big ministry situations outside, but how about being able to love your wife or, or your kids or your brother or your sister or, or even just to hear the preciousness of God in relationship to yourself to encourage you? You know, so we don't need to make it big. Y'all, the Holy Spirit cares about the little things in our lives too. So I just feel led to speak to so I'm just going to release you. Come get prayer this morning if those are things that are, are on you. Come get prayer this morning. But be released. Go, go in the 